This is your daily real estate syndication show, and I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today is a highlight show that's packed with value from different guests around a specific topic. Don't forget to like and subscribe, but also go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up to start investing in real estate today. I hope you enjoy the show. Are you about to start a podcast or producing a podcast and tired of doing the editing yourself? We have produced over 1,000 daily shows and the production team that I've created, they're now available to produce shows for you as well. We can do as little or as much as you need from finding and communicating with guests, preparing introductions, to editing the audio and video. You will sound better, have a more professional presence, and be able to spend your time doing other valuable tasks on your business. Let me know you're interested by emailing me directly at Whitney at LifeBridgeCapital.com. Our guest is Alina Trigub. Thanks for being on the show again, Alina. Thank you for having me, Whitney. I know you wrote an article recently just about how to care for your investors like your mom. That's that's so interesting, and but it's such an important part of this business. And I just thought it'd be great if you could elaborate on that. And let's, let's just go into a discussion about that topic specifically. Sure. So let me ask you this, and this is more of a rhetorical question. Who do you know that gives an unconditional love to others? You know, the, the answer is always a mom. You know, yeah, mom, mom and mom only, right? Right. Mom gives that unconditional love to her kids. And I was thinking about that as a mom of two kids. I was thinking about that and made a parallel between my relationship with my investors versus my relationship with my kids like mom. Not that it's unconditional love, but when I'm talking to my investors or potential investors, I always give them an unconditional attention. I listen to them attentively. I listen for what they're looking for trying to learn what their background is, where they at in their career or in their business, what are they about, and whether these are the people that I can potentially help because it's not only about them testing the waters and trying to determine whether I can help them, but it's also about me determining whether that person is someone I can potentially help with. And there are many factors that go into that from my perspective. And I'm talking to a person and for instance, they tell me that I'd like to start investing, um, but I really like to be involved in the decision-making. I want to make sure that if the decision is made to spend, say, I don't know, hundred or $200,000 in renovations, I, I want my voice heard. And, you know, to me, that's topic for discussion with this person. And, to me, that indicates that the person hasn't done their homework or have not been exposed yet to syndication. So in that example, I would try to explain that syndications are all about passively investing. And if you want to join us, I can certainly help you if you want to invest, but you would have to be a passive investor, which would entail that your liabilities are limited, but it would also entail that you have no authority over the decisions. You can uh, listen and you will be shared the decisions that are made by general partners, people that are leading this indication, but you will not be given an authority to make the decision. So questions and topics like that come up and I go into the overview and explanation as to why one thing versus another may or may not work. And that leads us to, you know, to decide on each end, on my end and on the investor end, whether that's something that we can potentially work together on and join in the partnership and invest together or 
whether the investor needs to find some other way for them to go and become potential active investors. I've talked to lots of people who would, who love investing in real estate, but they don't like the syndication model, they say, because they don't have any control, right? But but it's a perfect model for so many people because they don't have time to learn the real estate business. They don't have time to try to find deals. They don't have time to take the phone calls or to build the teams or all these things. However, you know, they have, you know, a large income or they're wealthy from some other business or a day job or corporate, whatever that is. And so the syndication model is perfect because they don't have to do any of that stuff, but they still get the benefits of owning real estate. Exactly, exactly. So it all comes down to several things. Number one, whether they have the bandwidth, do they even have the time to work on their business, whether it's syndication or buying properties like single family houses or any other type of properties. Since this is a business, they need to be able to spend time on this business. So in addition to having bandwidth, these potential investors need to have the desire to work on the business because just like in any business, syndication is not all rosy. It will have its ups and downs and you need to be able to dust off the problem, find the solution to your problem or way around your obstacle and move forward, go past past it and continue with your business. Otherwise, it will be very easy to fail and drop out of the race. Let's back up just a little bit, though. And, you know, you talked about just listening to your investors. Seems so like something so simple. However, most people are pretty bad listeners, you know, and it's something I'm trying to get better at all the time. But it's hard not to just talk about yourself, isn't it? You know, you have to fight that urge, you know, to, you know, share about something you're doing or whatever and really care about the person you're talking to and what they're having to say. And so, I'm trying to think of questions to ask people, you know, about what they're telling me just so I can stay in tune, you know, with what they're saying. And But it helps me to remember as well. Sure, sure. Well, it's pretty easy. Think of it as a job interview, for example. Let's say you're on the other end of the spectrum and you've been interviewed. So if you've been interviewed, you're still allowed to ask questions. And it's nothing more than a two-way conversation. So when the interviewee is telling you about the company, they'll tell you, oh, how great this company is, what kind of benefits they're offering. So they touch upon certain benefits. You can touch upon and expand on that benefit and talk about it further. If we make a parallel and take it to investors, again, Think from a perspective of a parent. You don't have to be a mom, mother, father, I mean, anyone. If you're an attentive parent, when you're talking to your kids, what they're really looking for is that undivided attention when you talk to them. When they come back from school, home, and they're telling you, hey, I got a really good grade, and my teacher gave me these extra points for for doing really well on the test, they want you to congratulate them and they want to see that you're giving them full attention and not really looking at your, at your phone or some, somewhere else. Same with investors. You're talking to an investor and let's say your investor is a woman and she's telling you a life story. She's saying that, oh, I went to such and such college. I got my degree in economics, but then I decided to do something completely different and became say, social worker. So you got to stop and say, hey, how did you decide to get a degree in economics? Like, what prompted you to do that? And then what happened with that degree? Why did you switch to social science? So there are many trigger points. And even if you think that may be irrelevant as of right now, it may trigger something that will potentially become relevant, whether it's something about their background or whether it'll tell you what their overall overall long-term goals are or how they 
perceive wealth management and wealth preservation, it will tell you more about that person in the way that you didn't expect to hear. Hope that makes sense. It does. it does. It makes a lot of sense. And and I appreciate you elaborating on that. Most people don't give good examples of conversations. And that, that was, that's great. That's great. And thinking about questions to bring out more information and yeah. And remembering that for the next conversation too is, is really good when you can do that. But anyway, you know, I kind of stopped you and went back, but you know, you're talking about investors, you know, not having a decision in the deal and there's a reason for that. And, you know, and you were talking about, do they have time to work in a business? And, you know, they understand that you have to spend time in a syndication business. And anyway, keep going. As long as an investor knows that in terms of the bandwidth, they may have the bandwidth, but they don't have any desire to be in the business. So if the answer is no, that they don't want to be in the business, then progressing towards syndication would be a natural decision, whether it's a busy business owner or a busy professional who is not interested to become an active investor, then for them, the interest really lies in finding that passive opportunity and investing with the sponsor that they trust and investing in investment that makes the most sense for them. So that's that's where I come in. I help them select investment that suits their long-term goals and I help them navigate towards the process of investing passively or actively. And if it's not for them, if I hear that they're interested to have that power or if they're interested to get their hands dirty or they have plenty of time of their own and want to dive into business, then I'll tell them like it is, listen, I don't think this is for you. I think you you should start investing actively and you should start learning the business. And it may not be the syndication business. It could be any other niche within real estate. As long as they know that they want to be active, the next step for them would be to start researching and finding what is that next niche is within real estate and so forth. So that's, that's how it works. Our guest is Caleb Bryant. Thanks for being on the show, Caleb. Thank you for having me, Whitney. Investor relations are really what you specialize in, correct? Yeah, and I think it goes back to the the same principle of the the wife in a real estate transaction. I just align, my mindset is aligned with other investors. So it, it's easier for me to have those conversations. It, it's more natural and yeah, with a broker, they're they're a salesman, so I I don't know how to approach it necessarily. Yeah, you're thinking like an investor, right? Yeah, you can have that conversation. You know what they're going to ask usually, probably as well. And so, what about how are you meeting investors now? A similar way to to you, I'm sure. I hit up a lot of conferences when I can, or I guess they're networking events overall. Most people go there to learn or get education. I'm more there to meet people. And you get a lot of education just by talking to people that are on a higher level than you anyway. So I go to a lot of events like uh, Ultimate Partnering in Boston or Best Ever Conference in in Denver. And of course, I mean, we met at... I don't know what they call it now, but the Wheelbarrow Profits event back when it was called that. And that's been huge. That's where a lot of my business has started from at least. And then from there, social media has kind of added like a wave because all, all the people I'm connected with and that have been to those conferences are also connected with me on social. But through the mutual connections that people see on social media, they're able to say, Oh, that guy, that guy does stuff. He's also friends with so-and-so who does stuff. So I should probably send him a message. And so it kind of starts to generate its own, a whole new wheel when you plug it into social media. 
Do you mind elaborate on that a little bit? How, you know, you mentioned like plugging it into social media and, and maybe some workflow there that, that a listener could add, you know, to their daily routine to help build their brand on social media or connect with more investors like you have. Yes. It's not like a super difficult process by any means. I basically just tell people what I'm doing in this business. So it could be a simple picture at a closing. Hey, we closed the property. Or it might be a short Facebook live video that's been very successful where I just talk about what we did that day in a, a particular apartment unit. Like, oh, we replaced the floors. Here's what it looks like. Maybe give a few tips or tricks that we have. If you consistently do that, and that's the key, is if you consistently show them that you're in this business and you're working it, it builds a lot of credibility. So people see you as a force, I guess. An influencer might be the the correct term. And there aren't a lot of people doing it in Alabama. So I kind of... <laughs> I kind of got an advantage there as well. Yeah, and I think a key word that you mentioned there was consistent. You're being consistent. And people are consistently seeing you often, you know, that that you're in this space, that you're looking at real estate. And even though they may not know that they want to invest in large multifamily deals, they still may come to you and they think they do. Yeah, and it happens quite often. And I want to at least put this trick on there. I use bigger pockets a lot. So I don't do anything fancy. I just go on and I have a few keywords. So my keywords would be Birmingham, Huntsville, multifamily, apartments, things like that. I want people that are searching for that to find me. And the way I do that is I go post on every everybody's thread that uses those keywords. Or I'll do my own post that incorporates those keywords. That way, if someone's looking for that, they see it. And... Just by doing that, I've set up probably hundreds of appointments. And then there's been a lot of closed deals involved with that too, simply by getting on bigger pockets. And I don't do it like every day, but I'd say two or three times a week I'm on there. And that's enough to generate a lot of activity. Great tip. Great tip. And I've heard numerous people talk about that. So, you know, if listeners thinking about bigger pockets, it's a, you got to be on there. I'm not on there enough personally. So any other platforms that you recommend that you're talking about social media, anything else that you utilize to really put yourself out there? Instagram, it's growing. But what I notice with Instagram is sometimes people don't even ask for your phone number anymore. They just ask for your Instagram username. So I'm like, okay, I should probably pay more attention. And since I started paying attention, I've grown it a lot, believe it or not. And I've generated a lot of it's funny because I, I guess like Gary V would talk about it, but he DMs. I make a lot of money through DMs simply because people do it that way now, I guess. <laughs> I'm kind of like a young old person. So it's it's almost new for me. But since I've started doing it, I've closed a lot of business, whether it be because I'll do single family deals here and there. I have a single family business partner here as well. And if it doesn't work for multifamily, I'm like, well, hey, have you ever thought about private money? Or have you ever thought about the Burr strategy or whatever it is, whatever it looks like fits their situation, I'm able to shift them over into a direction and we're still able to close some sort of deal. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share it with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day. 